Welcome back to the show. Returning guest, one of uh, my favorites. I learned so much through his uh, first appearance on the show. We chat all things crypto, blockchain, a bunch of stuff that I'm super, super interested in and want to learn a lot more. Chase Cedar comes back tonight. He is a very powerful man. Check out the show. Education is a very, very interesting thing to me because I look back at my education and think how useless it was. And it has nothing against the people that were involved in the actual educating. I think it's just the, like the system and the curriculum. And you mentioned the textbooks. It just seemed like everything I was learning was 50 years dated, you yeah. know? Is the, so I'm, I didn't even know online high school existed. But what, what is this? Are they trying to do things a different way? Yeah, I mean, online high school has existed uh, maybe not while you're in high school, but shortly after. You're calling um, me old. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, was, it, was, it existed when I was in high school, but it was more of a like, here's the whole course, show up, get all right. the materials and show up a few times for a quiz and a test. Mm. Um, whereas where I'm working right now, um, it's a lot more like you meet your teacher every week digitally to check in and make sure that, I don't know, you're progressing in the course. You can't just slack off the whole time and get away with it. So it's fairly self-motivated like learning, really. Yeah, yeah. you can set your own pace. It's um, pretty helpful to, for people that are like athletes and stuff totally. like that. And you're in charge of recruiting. I just feel like it'd be weird to try to recruit a child. You know? <laughs> I don't know, or I guess you're recruiting parents more. Well, Selling the system or like the advantages of... We see a pretty equal uh, amount of students and parents come through um, that sign themselves up. Um, but I, I don't know, I don't really talk to many students. I probably should talk to more, but being a digital high school and working from home right now, it's yeah. so isolated. It's just keywords on Google and you know, getting the Facebook messages out there. How many kids are at the school? What is the school? Of yeah, name? so are you like an established yeah. school already? Yes. Yeah, oh. it's uh, the school is called Island Secondary School. Okay. Island. Um, oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. So we have. Is Apple okay with that? <laughs> I mean, we haven't got any lawsuits yet. <laughs> and the way I put it, when they asked at the beginning, is <laughs> if we did get sued, that would probably be great for publicity. Yes. Totally. And, um, we can just lean right into that. And yeah. Being the marketing person, that's, that's all me. You know? <laughs> and we use Apple products. We give every kid an iPad when they show up. No, I'm just kidding. Too expensive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I had no idea that existed. Is like, are they adjusting curriculum or is curriculum set like provincially and you just have to follow that? Yeah, the curriculum is set provincially. Um, so for the required courses, so the your maths and science and social studies and stuff, those are pretty clearly set because there's provincial exams and you know things that they're actually looking at you for to see how closely you taught towards the curriculum. Mm -hmm. um, but then there's electives and the electives are very, very broad. It's just like teach. I mean, you can even submit your own and have it approved mm -hmm. for almost anything, to be honest. Are provincial exams still a thing? They are still a thing. Oh, they are? Okay. Yeah. I think 
for COVID, they had some issues oh, and they might have just last year. But I yeah. think they just they think they still did them online. Oh, they did. Yeah. Huh. I thought we've gone to this like very socialist system now, where everyone gets a high five at the end of the day. <laughs> everyone graduates. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, that's not true. Okay. <laughs> I think the high five is better than the curve. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Half the students don't get the high five, and yeah. <laughs> for the ones that do, you see the first ones get a high five, and you're nervous because <laughs> your chances are going down. I just never liked the participation medal. It's, uh, you know, yeah, like no, running track. I remember running track in grade eight. I think I came ninth in a race. I wasn't that's, the fastest kid out there, me, obviously. Yeah. And I got a, I got a ribbon. I'm like, why the hell am I getting a ribbon? I didn't win. And it's a ninth place on it. And I'm like, how many of these do they have? <laughs> <laughs> how much room is there on the fridge? <laughs> <laughs> there was 20 kids in this race. Did they all get a ribbon? <laughs> There's different color. Oh man. Yeah, I, I think when you see the box of like 5,000 ribbons that they're handing out, it just kind of degrades the value of the ribbon a bit. I don't know. Kind of like what they're doing now with money. <laughs> just printing it like crazy. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, is it, how good is that for crypto? <laughs> it's pretty much an ad for crypto. Um, you can't really think of a better use case for Bitcoin and digital currencies than everything you trust is just being printed because it's a pandemic oh, and yes, yeah. it's, it's an emergency. We need to access, we need to destroy the financial system because it's an emergency. <laughs> yeah. I have my pretty deep thoughts on that, but um, <laughs> I'm invested because of invested, invested in such a way expecting it. So I'm, I'm, I would kind of be more upset if it doesn't happen at this point. <laughs> I want to hear the thoughts. Well, um, <laughs> you can't just print money and not have any repercussions from that. Totally. If you have a small village and there's only 10 people in the village and they use shells in order to trade back and forth, if you just showed up with a truckload of shells and dropped it in the middle of the village, things would change. <laughs> Either prices would change or shells would be worthless, yeah. one or the other, or both. Um, until such, such a point where it becomes worthless. And with Bitcoin, you can't do that because there's a cap to it. Uh, yeah, it's it's programmatically not going to be inflated. It's deflationary. There's less and less. It's going to be added. It's kind of a funny transition. We just went uh, education, just <laughs> hard economics, Bitcoin. But this is what should be part of the education. Oh, absolutely. Right? Like um, students and Everybody pretty much needs to know what's happening financially. But so many people want to be blissfully ignorant, you know, oh, I have a pension. It's going to yeah. be okay yeah. <laughs> well, for those that have one. Yeah. If your $50,000 pension <laughs> now is worthless, what are you going to do? You hope whoever's managing your pension, they put it into something better in, than... Into Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's been some pension funds that actually have been making the bets and oh, wow. that's what <clears throat> is driving this last major um, craze. Not specifically pension funds, but institutions are, are really pushing the, the crypto envelope forward. There's some US banks that have invested in crypto now too, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not certain on all of them. But uh, it's, the U.S. banks are now allowed to hold us. The, okay, the U.S. regulator has 
asked for clarity and provided a lot more clarity on basically stable coins and cryptocurrencies. So we're basically seeing the the landscape being paved for banks being able to get into the crypto world. And that's what the next big wave is going to be about. Does that, as someone who is slightly ignorant, and I'm learning more because I did invest, and we can talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> Not a significant amount of money, but I really just wanted to put a little bit in so that I it would force myself to watch it and learn a little bit more. Feel the emotions and the roller coaster <laughs> yes. and the ups and downs, yeah. It's actually quite interesting. And you can tell me like what are the right programs and stuff to use. One of my friends said to use Binance. I don't know if that is a good one or not, but that's the one that I'm using. That's a good one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a major one for trading between all of the cryptocurrencies, but yeah. depends what you're looking for. If you're looking to get deep into the coins, then yeah, Binance is a good place. I don't recommend that for most people, though, because it's just a rab- one rabbit hole after another. <laughs> you well, can spend a, a whole week just on like one coin and like breaking down what they're trying to do and how it algorithmically balances this and that, and you'll still be confused by the end of it. Like, I think I know about it. Maybe I'll invest, you know. <laughs> are you like educating yourself weekly on this stuff? Like how often, how often are you researching a new coin or whatever? Um, back in 2017, I was really deep into, um, all the side coins and knowing what they did. Now I follow a lot more newsletters that kind of amass a lot of the news together that I need to know about. And that's how I stay involved without nearly as much effort as I used to have or used to put in. But I used to go through... Uh, coin market cap and just be like, oh, this is moving. Never heard of that. I don't know what they do yet. They're now in the top 100 and I haven't heard of them yet. So I need to learn about them. Um, but now I think 40 of the ones that I learned about are no longer in that list. There's a new 40 and yes, it'll take me another year to to learn the new 40. And by the time I learn them, they'll be out of the list. So it's it's very difficult to stay informed on all of them. Fair enough. I'm not informed on any of them. There's too many. There's too many. I just picked yeah. two, and I'm going to just see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think the story's changed, though. The story isn't so much about all of the side coins. Right now, I think it might shift, but right now it's all Bitcoin. All the, the mm. headlines are Bitcoin, yeah. and mm. no one's even talking about Ethereum this year. No one. No, it's so yeah. quiet. But you're right, because in 2017, everyone was like XLM, Stellar, all that stuff is being hyped up so much, and it's just disappeared. Yeah. Yeah, I, I watch the, the business news um, almost every day and I hear from back in 2017, there was Bitcoin, Ethereum and Ripple. I, hate, I hated Ripple back then, but Ripple's now it's finally got its, got its day in, uh, in court, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they were talking about that and this was the business news and they were, even they were, I guess, were misinformed by even adding Ripple to the list, but just because it was the number three digital currency at the time. So we're talking about it. Yeah. We don't know about any of these, so we're going to talk about all of them, yeah. you know, all, of big, all the big ones. <laughs> Does banks now, or like, let's say in the next few years, more and more are going to start involving themselves in it. Does that take away from the decentralization? Um, it depends. Do you see what them they're putting m- like some sort of policies in place around how to buy it and... Stuff like that. I just feel like the big institutions. It seems like they're pol- they're the polar opposites. It wasn't like crypto created 
to disrupt banking, and now banking is getting into crypto? Well, it's a very useful tool for banks to use the technology of cryptocurrencies because they're basically doing all of that already. So if banks can leverage what cryptocurrency has proven can work on its own without all of the, the system that is a sure. bank to verify everything. Right. Um, they can just kind of piggyback off the success of that and implement their own system. And it'll work just like the bank does, but it'll all be behind the scenes and it'll save them a bunch of money, which hopefully will help the end user save money too. Or will they'll bank? just take the profits, one or the other. You run away, yeah, <laughs> we've seen that before. Yeah. <laughs> will banks start providing like storage platforms? Like obviously everyone's heard about this guy who just lost, well, potentially yeah. is losing $220 million. Yeah. Like are banks going to get into storing stuff or storing coins for you? Yeah, absolutely. Because they'll probably do what they've done with money and they'll start pooling lots of different coins and then making loans on top of that. So it'll, mm. it'll just be another thing that they can make business with. So you see it as a positive for crypto? Yeah, for crypto and for banking. As long as they adapt, it'll be a much more seamless system for like, if say you're trying to move money from your bank account from one business and your bank account from another business, it still takes time. Even though the same country, you, you own both accounts. Hmm. If they had a, a why? It might be within 24 hours, but if it was with a coin and you can watch the transaction happen in real time, it makes it that much easier and faster, cheaper. I'm currently in this situation. I just bought a new house and I have to transfer money from mm. my corporate account to my personal account so that the lender is satisfied. Yep. It's a ridiculous, tedious thing. And how long does it take? Yeah. Well, Transferring it online, there's a maximum per day. Oh, cool. So it's going to take 30 days to transfer money over and over and over and over again. So you have to go into the bank, which is so stupid frustrating. But maybe, I don't know, maybe banks being involved in crypto would make that a much smoother process. Um, well, at least on the back end, they might have mm. uh, rules in place for how much you can move per day, depending sure. on how your account is set up. But um, yeah, on the back end, it would be as easy as just pressing a button rather than I'm waiting for a wire to go through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. However, it's being transferred or the e-transfer system is pretty interesting. That's like another third party that like connects the mm -hmm. two. And now we have three parties just to yeah, with crypto you skip all that, just one to the other. E-transfer is a third party? Because you still need yeah. to use a bank. There's still fees yeah. involved with it, right? Yep. And usually your bank will waive the fee for the you know benefit of using it. And then there's limits, right? Of course. The e transfer limit is like stupid. Low. It's so low. It's, it's like crazy two thousand dollars or something. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, they're afraid of people being able to move large amounts of money very fast. Mm -hmm. So they're probably even when crypto comes into banking, there'll still be these holds and things because these are regulations. They can't really get around it. I see the banks wanting to control it though. Like for example, it is illegal to own Bitcoin unless it is stored in a bank or something like that, some sort of policy like that. There's How? not really any benefit of that though. Like For them? Well, they can't stop Because then you. they can control it. They can say you can only move $10,000 worth of Bitcoin, a quarter of a Bitcoin, whatever, one Bitcoin per day. They can control that now. Depends how they build it. Um, 
if they give you custody of the wallet, yeah. which I hope they would do, and I think they will do, then they wouldn't necessarily have full control. They would be more like a, a backup key. You would have full control of it, and maybe they would have some transparency and your name attached to it, so they kind of know. They can what, see what's happening. They on the can blockchain. see what's happening, but um, their main duty would be to either provide services for that money or um, give you a, a backup key in case you lost your own key and you can go to the bank. Like I lost my key, I'm like, oh, be fifty dollars to recover your key, right. sir. Yeah. Lots of people are losing <laughs> keys. Lots of people. You hear it's, stories all the time. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. Well, we're, we can we can get into that. First of all, I want to know, like, okay, maybe in a few years from now, 10 years from now, I don't know, banking is going to be the best way, the easiest way to have a recovery system. But, like, what ways do people store it currently? Uh, like, well, we'll Carly just, stores it on a USB stick. Which like, I have a Ledger Nano, but they, like they're having dinosaur. issues too, so I don't know if it's the safest thing anymore. No, your your ledger's still good. It's still good. You you getting the the phishing emails? The phishing emails, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, that's the thing. Like, even though you have this super secure yes. device, and they've made sure, like, no matter what, this your your keys are safe as long as you have your key and you have this device. And then they get into their marketing CRM list, and they start sending these very <laughs> real looking emails, being like, "It's not safe. You're going to need to come in here and recover. You're going to need to give us your key." <laughs> and it's. I, when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is a pretty good scam as far as they go, you know, like email looks legit. And, yeah. But I knew because the way that it's built, there should never be any issues with um, a hardware-based key like that. So, but it, it's it's true though. You think you're mm -hmm. super safe and then an email comes and you make a quick mistake and Just all of a sudden it's not as safe as you think it was yeah, because yeah. it's a different type of attack that forced you to give them the money. Right. <laughs> what is that called? The hardware wallet. What, and can you describe what that is? It's just essentially a USB that holds your Bitcoin that you transfer it directly to and it's offline. So so why do you call it a hardware wallet? Isn't it just a USB stick? No. Because it's it, a wallet. You're holding money on it. You can't really like put songs and stuff on it. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's like a piece it's of a software specific? Yes. that oh, you have is. to okay. have on that USB stick okay. so that it can hold your Bitcoin or digital currency. So when... You're, it's got a little screen to, on it and yeah. you have to put in the code right on the yeah. device and authorize the transaction on the device so that someone can't uh, find your, well, if some, <laughs> someone can't go through your computer um, and be able to get into your wallet and make a transaction because so, you need to press a button on the real device. Yeah. In order to use that currency, yeah. how are you using it now? You have to transfer it back into an app like Binance nope. or something? So you just plug it into your computer? And then you put in your little password and you get and you're in. And then you have like software on your computer that lets you see everything that's on your hardware wallet. So is that a trading platform as well? It is now, yeah. It, it is, is now. Right? Yeah. It, it wasn't at the beginning, but they've built it in so that now it uh, it can be. Okay. So Just, it's like if Binance had a hardware stick that I kept and I could move all my stuff onto a hardware stick. I wouldn't quite put it as Binance. Binance is an exchange and that would be a place where you would put your money that wouldn't be a stick. So, um, But yes, Binance has wallets, and I guess those wallets could be put onto a USB, and yes, that I guess that you could. <laughs> Technically, you could, yeah. yeah, it was yeah. Just, I'm just trying to dumb it down because I don't understand. I, guess, I mean, Binance could always come out with their own hardware wallet, right? But they're just like a software kind of thing. They're just an exchange right now. 
I mean, there, I only know of like maybe what two or three wallets that are super popular. You have the Led, the Ledger Nano S. What are some other ones here? But there's not uh, that many. So the proper way to store it is in one of these wallets. Yeah, if you have a, a decent amount like worthwhile holding on to, because these things cost a uh, hundred and something dollars yeah. to get. So if you only have a hundred dollars worth, I, I don't think you should get one of the wallets, yeah. but up to use, I guess. Is it not very secure to leave it in an app? Well, when it's, uh, it depends. When you created it through an app, did they give you a key to hold on to? Like, was there a bunch of, um, was there a string of 12 mnemonic <laughs> characters you had to write down? Should I be saying this on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> not your exact characters, but. No, they did not. No. So that means a third party is managing your wallet for you. So basically, if they mess up, they can lose all your money. That's what happened with uh, the Quadriga, the Canadian exchange yeah. that, you know, people lost their money, their Bitcoin crypto because the owner or the, yeah, he was the, the founder died in India due to Crohn's. So yeah, that was still, a, I think it's still a fishy story. Yeah. I haven't checked in on if there's any updates. I haven't heard anything, so I don't think so. Um, I don't think his Bitcoin's moved yet. So I, I guess maybe, maybe he is gone. But it's still kind of fishy that <laughs> it's one person had access to this entire yeah. exchange's worth of keys and everybody was reliant on this one dude and his ability to keep track of his password. Because that's the thing that's right now, like you have up. all your money on Binance, you said. <clears throat> what if you just go online one day and Binance isn't there? What happens? I don't know. You tell me. Nothing. Your money's gone. <clears throat> There's nothing you can do. That's the scary <laughs> part. So it's also important to, you know, find these exchanges that you can trust or maybe some of them are banked by like the u.s government and stuff or banks right i'm pretty sure like uh, coin, be, yeah. coinbase is i'm pretty sure yep yep we're starting to see a lot more so the only way options. you solely control it is to put it onto one of these uh wallet things or you have the your string on a piece of paper written down <laughs> i think that's the safest right well piece of paper. yeah <laughs> on a piece of paper just the hardest to manage and take care of you know yeah, that's, but you still have to have it in a wallet Somewhere. of some yeah. kind. But when you create it, yeah, you will get that string of <laughs> pneumatic words. I feel like I'm messing up the word more and more every time. New. Mnemonic? Mnemonic. Mnemonic. <laughs> so wallets are the safest right now, as of right now. If you can manage your passwords and be careful with all that stuff. It's yeah. I I have a hard time saying it's the safest because it depends who you are. It, it if, if you're if you're my grandma and you really want in, but you want to do it on your own, like I I don't think you should be managing your own keys and going right. through it all right. and, and even even making a transfer. That's kind of risky too. Like I there's a lot of numbers. I wouldn't trust my grandma to make a Bitcoin transfer, and I think it's okay to say that. <laughs> and I, I keep saying that like my wallet's safe, so safe. What if I just lose it one day? It's so small and it just disappears, right? Yep. Like what do you do? You start getting multiple wallets and backups, breaking right? them up, and you put in a safety deposit box. That's what I've heard people doing, but yeah. that's kind of annoying, right? That's. But then there's companies that have that do your custody for you, and some of them, if they use some of their services, you can get paid for them, basically loaning your Bitcoin or whatever coins you're holding on to. It's it's a whole new world, really. If you have one of those key things. Mm -hmm. And someone breaks into your house and steals the key. They can't access it because they don't have your password. Correct. Is it lost for you too now? 
Unless you have it written down right on a piece of paper, you're... Yeah, so you can recover it. So you'd have to get another one of those wallet drives and then there's a recovery process and you'd put in your...
if that logic is correct, could they not also recover it if you get your 10th password wrong? It depends on the way how it deletes it, right? And, uh, I'm not sure. I'm just trying to challenge you. Guy. I mean, I, technically, <laughs> yeah. I guess you can. Maybe. If the technology for the recovery... But it depends how like the, the like the way it's deleted, right? And they probably encrypt it so many times, so it just disappears completely. I don't know the exact science of it. That's a good question. I don't know how it's built either. But it's uh, I was it's trying quite to, the conundrum. I was trying to put this into perspective of like something in my life. Like, let's say I owned a house or a condo or something, and I was not ever allowed to sell it. Yeah. So like, yes, it's worth a million dollars, whatever the number is. But it is not, and you can't borrow against it. Like you just can't use the equity at all. Wouldn't that be so? Fr- I don't know. It'd be so frustrating. I think it'd be a, a better analogy would be if uh, you had like a pirate for a dad, and he buried like hundreds <laughs> of millions of dollars of gold, and you're like three years old at the time. You have no. You were there, but you have no idea really where you were. But you know it's there, and there was a map, but you lost the map, and it's just. You know it's there. You know it's somewhere. <laughs> you know you could get it. <laughs> if you just remember. <laughs> I, I don't know. Is he is he rich? Like, is his net worth zero or is it 220 million? I don't know. But he, <laughs> that's like Jay-Z money though, dude. That's a lot of money. It's stupid. Okay. At that, like, that's the amount of money. Well, like even a quarter of that is the amount of money where you just sell everything and just fuck off. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Do it's fuck you, you money for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. What year would he have had to buy those Bitcoin that he bought? He got 7,000 of them. Probably 2010. Pretty early. <laughs> yeah. Eh? It was 2010. It probably cost him 20 bucks. <laughs> it was just like pennies. Yeah. I'm not sure. Is that when it was new? I remember it was like less than a cent when it was new, wasn't it? Like, what was the first number that it opened at? Um, well, it's hard to say because there wasn't really an exchange. Right. <laughs> the very right. first so Bitcoin cent trading, yeah. was just two people with, with these things that they created. And then eventually they convinced someone that it was worth something. And uh, someone gave them a cent for it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so I guess the answer is zero, right? Because yeah, apparently right. 1.0 zero value. Yeah, it was being given away for free just as a way to get people into it. it, I mean, it worked. I don't know if this is a true story, but I heard a story that like some pizza delivery guy accepted 20,000 Bitcoin for the pizza that he delivered. (laughs) Is that true? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The famous story of Laszlo. Is that (laughs) who that is? Yeah. Does he have that? I used to do presentations um, at the beginning and sometimes I'd open with that with Laszlo. Just people go, whoa, you know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's like seven or eight hundred million dollars, probably. But I mean, what are the odds that if he kept it, he probably would have lost the keys? Yeah. <laughs> but like, like in twenty bucks worth. I mean, <laughs> but everyone was trading Bitcoin when it was worthless, right? Like you had Silk Road, so people were like buying drugs, and like with like today's today's equivalent would be like millions and millions of dollars. But in reality, it was like ten, fifteen, twenty bucks back then. Like people were just trading it, but. Bitcoin would have never grown to what it is today if people weren't trading it, right? And that's the thing. Yeah, and there has to be like some underlying use case for it to hold some value. As long as people have a reason to use it, it'll have a value. Does that continue to progress? Yeah, 
because especially if institutions start getting into it, using it for cross-border payments. And I don't know if they'll necessarily use Bitcoin, but some of them might. Mm -hmm. And that's just a little bit more uh, volume and more velocity and that'll push the price up, should push the price up. That said, I don't think the price today has anything much to do with its underlying value. It's all just speculative value. I have a lot of questions about this. <laughs> One of which is, you said 20% is lost. How much has it been mined? So there's 21 million available, right? Is that the number? 21? Yeah. Uh, that's the max that will ever be available. Right now, I, it's somewhere around 19 million, I believe. So let's say 20% of that is lost. That's 4 million. Right? There. Is yeah. that math right? Yeah. One fifth, yeah. So four million Bitcoin is lost. Does the like does the blockchain know that it's lost? No, there's just these wallets with funds that just haven't been touched, and they just kind of assume that based on how long ago and how little it was at the time that now it's got to be lost because no one's touched it. Why would why would you not touch like twenty, thirty, fifty, eighty thousand dollars? Like the average person would touch it. So. It's on the blockchain. It just hasn't been moved. Can you see what is lost, though? Like, where does this 20% come from? Um, that number came from Chainalysis, which is a, like a research company um, that they do a lot of forensics for basically following transactions. And that's just their you know, best estimate for what they assume for how many wallets are inactive. But that won't necessarily help or hurt the price of Bitcoin, will it? Because that technically it's still available. Like, if this, if I just never touch this Binance app for the next twenty years, is that system going to assume that my Bitcoin is lost? But then in twenty years, I just open it and now I trade it. Well, that would be held in Binance's wallet, and Binance's wallet will be very active, so there okay. would be no inactive wallet there. But, but if, if I put it onto Carl's yeah, key, the hardware yeah. wallet, and he yeah. just left it in his safe for twenty years, yeah. Yeah, they, they would probably eventually flag it as most likely <laughs> to be lost. Yeah. They'll and never know. 20 years from now, we open it with the password 11111. Right. <laughs> and we're rich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're buying, buying islands. Will, I don't know if you know the answer to this, will 21 million Bitcoin ever be available? Because like, so right now there's been 18 and a half yes. has been mined. So 18 and a half? Yeah, less than 3 million is left. But it's going to get cut in half and half and half. So the amount, like, right now, there is a fixed, I think it's six and a half Bitcoin per block. I think the one before was 12 or somewhere okay. around there. So each halving period, there'll be fewer new Bitcoins being minted per block of transactions. Okay. So there's going to be fewer and fewer new Bitcoins added into the ecosystem year over year. It's like a half-life of a cell. Sure. So it exponentially slows down. <laughs> so it, it both will and won't ever get to 21 million. So it'll never get to 21 million. Oh, I see, I see. Huh. It'll get to 20.999999999999. To which point is it 21? Yeah. So what happens to the miners at that point? Does it not become beneficial to mine anymore? It switches from um, 
new Bitcoins as being the reward to fees. And I believe we're already in kind of a, a 50-50 system where half of it just comes from a fee and half of it oh. comes from new Bitcoin being created. Yeah, maybe not quite 50-50 yet, but they're starting, like the fees are starting to get worked in. And I mean, it, the user won't really see much of a difference at all. Gotcha. I still don't understand the mining. <laughs> <laughs> One of my clients has like, a, I don't, do you call it a mine? Like has a mine set yeah. up? I don't know. A miner. He's a, yeah, he's a, a, farm. He's a fucking miner. It's <laughs> <laughs> just covered on the suck, pick yeah. all day. It's just like a big computer that is just turned on 24-7. It's a bunch of graphics cards, yeah. Pretty much. If they're graphics cards, then they're probably mining Ethereum or some other altcoin. And then if they're something that they can't even run a computer on, then it's probably for Bitcoin. I don't think he's running computers. I think he's looking for Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I mean, if, if they're um, like GPUs, then he could plug it into his computer and actually play a video game at super high speeds. But for the Bitcoin ones, they're so specially built oh. that you, you can't do anything There's else like no with them. Operating system yeah. All they do is just mine Bitcoin. They're, and once they're no longer competitive, so once the newer ones push them out of the market for how much energy they take and how much Bitcoin they earn, they're just bricks that are useless because they don't do anything but mine Bitcoin. And they get to a point where all they'll do is mine Bitcoin unprofitably based on your electricity. Is it predictable? Yeah, it's pretty predictable. So I mean, like, it, the price changes will obviously affect how much you can earn. So as the price goes up, more miners will try to, to enter. Um, but that's fairly predictable as the price would go up. Sure. There's a predictable amount of um, mining energy that's going in per price change, basically. But like if you purchase two of these supercomputer things, you would expect to find a Bitcoin every X amount of days or some shit? Like how does... So yes, but... It's only as predictable it is as it is like that day and like the next right, day kind right. of thing. But I don't know, the next year after it's paid off only half of its cost, they could come up with a new machine and they could be able to produce right. tons of them. And it'll be, they'll, those ones will put yours into a different league and they won't be able to earn nearly as much anymore. And it's not necessarily a good investment at that point. But you don't really know. So that's why all of these mining farms are always have to upgrade to the newest equipment like every couple of years. Can you explain how they get paid? The mining farms? Yeah. If they find a Bitcoin, is it theirs? Yes. The word find is a little misleading. It's <laughs> but, <laughs> but yes, if they... <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Basically, I'm just, literally, I'm envisioning a dude just picking at a rock and then there's a piece of gold at the bottom. I don't know. <laughs> um, it's a computer that's going through random numbers trying to crack this one number called the nonce. And if you have 10,000, I'm generalizing saying computers, but these ASIC devices all running through hundreds of thousands of guesses every second, one of them's going to find it eventually. And it's this crazy system of all this, these devices trying to crack this one little password that's going to be created every 10 minutes that makes it all decentralized that no one can control it. So you know your minor <laughs> analogy? Instead of actually picking at the dirt or whatever, 
He's just solving complex math problems. Yeah, no, I understand. But not by necessarily using his brain, literally just going through numbers and sit till it says till it says he's right. Right. Hmm. It's like, you know, the quiz that gives you unlimited attempts. Right. Yeah, yeah, However yeah. many that you can go in, <laughs> how many you can hit and hit enter yeah. is uh, how effective that computer basically is. How efficient it is. And are they whole coins? Uh, yes. Well, not a whole coin in the sense that they give it out one by one. Um, but right now, per block, there's, if I was correct in saying, I think six-ish. or 6.25 six right now. 6.25 new Bitcoin being created. Um, that is what would be reward, awarded for the miners of that block. But almost no miners go in solo. Like they're not going in and waiting like eight months and being like, boom, we got one. We got a, We got the big, you know, six Bitcoin. We're eating well tonight. You know, like, no, they pool it all together so that everyone gets an equal amount. And uh, based on how much electricity or how much power you're, you're not electricity, how much power you're adding to the, the system. How many miners would be mining a block? Uh, that's almost impossible to have a number. Because the the numbers that you see aren't like how many devices. The numbers you'd see is how much um, like gigawatt gigawatts. No, could be wrong. Um, but basically, how much energy is being put towards mining Bitcoin, and the amount of energy that is being put towards it <laughs> will be balanced by how complicated that random password is to solve okay. so that it'll always be approximately 10 minutes at least for the bitcoin blockchain for each new block to be created otherwise if you had too much power coming in that password would get solved too fast yeah so that has the password now has to get more difficult right in order to compensate for that so that it's still 10 minute block 10 minute block 10 minute block so in 2020 it was uh 120 gigawatts per second used by the Bitcoin network. It's a lot. That is a lot. <laughs> per second. Per oh, second. <laughs> 63 terawatt hours per year. Yeah, I don't usually think in terawatt hours no, too often. No. Um, Are we powering cities here or what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of power. That's too crazy. And whoever can get the, the cheapest electricity to run these most you know, efficient, well, I guess if you have the cheapest electricity, you don't need to run the most efficient devices because right. it's always a balance of um, how much it costs in electricity and how much you can earn in Bitcoin. But you, you hear these stories too in like Russia and stuff, like people working at a nuclear, nuclear factory that are using some of the power to mine Bitcoin. I've heard this a few times, <laughs> like people that are like have access to huge amounts of energy are kind of setting up computers and little systems to mine. <laughs> I wonder what our local hydro dams look like. Well, it, I mean, it could work really well, especially if you're buying all of these useless bricks yes, that someone else yeah. has absolutely no use for. They have to pay to get rid of them. Right. If you can plug it into something that costs you nothing, at least you're getting something. Right. If efficiency you might be wasting some yeah. electricity though, but maybe there's a, a surplus if yeah. you're <laughs> next to a... Straight from the source. Yeah. Nuclear power plant. <laughs> I'm surprised you have all the answers to these random questions that I have. <laughs> Keep them I'm coming. I'm impressed. It's, uh, it's been a while since I've explained them. It's, it's, <laughs> it's kind of 
you know, it all died in 20, 2018. And, uh, really? I would feel like with the popularity coming back, people would start asking again, but. Yeah, but the, they don't ask the, like, the questions where they're actually trying to learn. Gotcha. They ask the questions where like, hey, I see people are making money. Can I make <laughs> yeah. money this week? Yeah. <laughs> hey, so I decided to buy it and now I'm nervous. Um, am I going to lose my money this week? I was like, I don't. I don't like that. Yeah, because you can't answer that, yeah. <laughs> well, although I have an answer, if I'm right or if I'm wrong, I lose in a way. Yeah. Like, if I'm right and they take my advice or whatever, it shouldn't be advice, my opinion <laughs> and make a decision with it, and then they lose their coins or something, it's they're going to come back to me and it's now my problem. And if it goes down, they're going to come to me and they're like, hey, why did you say it was a good idea, you know, and yeah. it's, there's no real winning there. I would rather just kind of do my own thing at this point, yeah. <laughs> but at least this, like if they came to me and like, how does mining work? How does, you know, how are the coins created? Okay. They want to learn. This is good. I can do this. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of annoying. <laughs> Fair enough. Last time I, last time we met, I asked you, I think it was August, 2019. I think we recorded the end of August and then the episode was released September 18th. September. Yeah. And I think at the time it was at like, maybe you can look it up, but I think it was at like 9,000? It was uh, 10,000 American. 10,000. Yeah. And I asked you what you thought it would be at the end of the year and you said 20,000. And I didn't really, I, again, like I, I understand it a little bit better now than I did a year and a half ago, but I think it was just over 20,000. I think it was like 20, 21 or something like that. And I remember seeing it, looking at it briefly, and I'm like, man, Chase is right. Good for him. <laughs> you should see one of the, the chat groups I have with a couple of my friends yeah. where I literally put my predictions down to the day. And uh, I've, I've been pretty good the last uh, month or so. Nice. Like it, when it went down up to, to 40. Day? Yeah, when it went up to 40 and it was starting to struggle, I was like, um, yeah, I think it's lost its steam here. It's probably probably done. And I pulled out of some of my positions and then... Sure enough, it's like dropped significantly. And mm-hmm. back when it was, um, what is it now? It's like thirty-four or something now. When it was around twenty thousand uh, dollars, a company called MicroStrategy. Have you guys heard of them? No. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I have. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so this, the I think it's the CEO. It could be the COO, but or CIO, one of, one of them, one of the leaders of this MicroStrategy company. They are a tech company. They do business intelligence. So they're, they're, they're in data, basically. And they had some cash on the balance sheet. And they had, I think it was $500 million or so. And uh, they basically said, the dollar is going to crap. We're losing like 10% a year on the dollar when you think of like, if we were to put it into bonds, and how far bonds would go down year over year. So we don't want to do that. And uh, this Bitcoin thing seems like, you know, if you go back, it's gone up 100% year over year. So you can't beat those that math. And uh, you put $500 million of the company money into Bitcoin. And this at the time was like $14,000 for this first 500. August 11th. So it was at 12 grand when they bought. Yeah, 12 grand. So then this is, this is when I got involved. He got a loan for $650 million at point seven five zero point seven five percent interest. So super, super cheap loan for five years, put it all into Bitcoin. 
So Guy puts over a billion dollars worth of bit, uh, uh, cash into Bitcoin. So he'd made a billion dollars for his company in the matter of, I guess, mm -hmm. what's been like six weeks or yeah. something in like six that. Six weeks. Yeah. This is when? <laughs> when did he put it in? He, the first August, time was, it? It was middle of August and then he bought more. Yeah, he this bought more. This August, December. it was at 12? Yeah, September. End of September Holy 2020. Shit. Yeah. 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 And he just, he went basically all in. I was like, oh, I love this. I love seeing this. this is just one company. All it takes is one to start and make, you know, set the ball in motion. And all these other companies might start going like, hey, maybe some of our cash should be in this Bitcoin thing too. Or maybe this is a normal thing we should be doing instead of keeping it in, you know, just dollars all the time. And you know what happened to micro, micro strategy stock? Oh yeah, it completely took off. And now yeah. it's trading at a quite a high premium to its underlying Bitcoin because there's not really any, well, there are, but there aren't too, too many um, investment vehicles to get involved. So before they bought, they were trading at like around 125 and now they're over 600. Yeah, exactly. And they're just a regular company that's just like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> What's the amount of money currently invested in Bitcoin? In the entire world, like the, the volume of yeah. whatever it is? Um, the total market cap for all of the currencies put together is approximately a trillion dollars right now. That was a pretty major milestone, and Bitcoin's a close to 70% of that, so maybe a little under right now. It's probably 680 million. Yeah, 675. <laughs> this guy cryptos. What do you think that goes to at the end of the year? In 12 months from now? Oh, it's so tough. Does that well, double? Does that double? I Okay. I think it will hit $100,000, but I also think it'll hit 20000 before it hits 100000 The 100000 is hard to put like an end of the year timeline on it. Um, Do you think we're going to see- It could be within six months. I'm not even sure. It really depends how it plays out with the institutions. Um, at fifth, once it hits 50000 though, it's going to be a roller coaster, I know. And I think it'll hit 20000 before it hits 100000 but we'll see. So it goes it's down just kind of how it goes down to twenty. Remortgage the house. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's the story of the guy that uh, he he sold his house and put all the money into Bitcoin. And there's an article where he's like, "Take that ex-wife," you know. <laughs> his wife divorced him after he <laughs> sold the house and put it on the Bitcoin. Bitcoin crashes to three thousand, and now yeah. he's now he finally has all this cash to himself. <laughs> I like that you gave us a prediction on the actual coin. I was more asking, what do you think that, what do you think the amount invested climbs to? Like, I, it seems like 2021 is going to be a year where a lot of people put more into Bitcoin. And if right now it's at 650 million or whatever that number is, does that double in the next year? Um, does that go to a, a trillion dollars? Well, it would be more than double if it were to get to, I'd say, if it were to double, that would be 80,000 US. So yeah, a little bit more than double. Close, probably the total market cap, probably get close to 2.5 trillion with all the coins. So, but I mean, this is just me based on all of the other cycles, mm -hmm. kind of just pointing at an area that I think is believable based on all the other cycles. But I don't know if this cycle will play out bigger or smaller than the other ones. Mm. Could be a lot bigger with institutions, but that also could create issues. <laughs> Carl, you made a comment about your mom today. Yeah. Sure yeah that. 
So anytime my mom starts talking to me about Bitcoin because she hears it in the news or whatever, that's when I start pulling out. I, I feel like that used to be the rule. That used to be the the go-to <laughs> rule because, I mean, yeah, if anybody you, you think should have no place in Exactly, it, and they're hearing about it. You know. Really wants in, that's usually a sign that, okay, there might be a little bit of FOMO happening here. Yeah. Um, but this time the FOMO is happening with institutions. It's happening so with everything, stocks, not, everything. Yeah. And I, I'm watching the the business network day after day and the, the tune has changed this year so much. And they're like hinting at it maybe being like a government reserve currency because wow. they might need to have something that can appreciate enough to kind of balance out <laughs> the rest of their issues that they have with their balance sheet. Be the first world currency. Yep, it could be. It'd be. Well, I guess gold would have been the second world currency. <laughs> gold still exists. What's gold at? A hundred bucks a bar? I have no idea. Something I don't like even that. like it. That's tough. Gold dropped recently to that eighteen hundred and twenty an ounce. So it gold dropped quite a bit based on the stimulus expectations out of the U.S. Because that usually happens first. The stimulus will pump all the stocks yes, up. Yeah. People will get out of gold for that first pump. And then gold will run after once all the free oh. money is, is gone. So that's what we used to see with Bitcoin and altcoins. It'd be kind of like a run one way, right? And it comes back. Uh, somewhat. A little different. A little different. <laughs> Bitcoin altcoins. But I guess it's somewhat comparable. <laughs> is there any newer coins that you're watching closely? Yeah. Yes, but... Not as much in a like investment sense, more as a like that's a really cool technology. I should figure out if that's going to be useful to me one day. Mm. Um, the stable coins are really interesting to me, just because that's where I think all the banks are going to get into. And there's so many different ways that they're different coins, different mechanisms for keeping the value stable. Mm. And it just I don't know. One rabbit hole after another, just for stable coins. Any that you like? <laughs> <laughs> Tether is probably the biggest one, right? Sorry? Tether is the biggest one. Yeah, Tether Tether's a little bit different in the sense that it just holds the US dollar. It's the US so dollar. it's not really not really a stable coin the same way as I it's see. just like a, they try their best for it to be a pegged right. coin. It's what's the word? A derivative, I guess. Gotcha. Um, DAI die is really interesting. It's like an algorithmic way of trying to hold a coin stable. Um, but I will have a hard time explaining <laughs> how stable coins work <laughs> because they are, like I said, okay, there's some basic ones that just hold a basket of goods. Those ones are pretty easy to understand. You know, okay, you have this token, but this token represents 20% gold, 20% Bitcoin, 20% US dollar, 20% Euro maybe, you know, and it just, yeah. you know, balances out with these things. And hopefully that is more stable than just holding just one of those things. Yeah. One of my friends is very big on RSV. Yeah, that's reserve token is a, I think it'll do well, but I don't fully understand the investment thesis behind it yet, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of interest in it. So I, I think it will exist <laughs> years to come. <laughs> <laughs> That's good news. 
<laughs> he's like so into it. This guy, he's like every paycheck, he's like, he just throws another few hundred bucks in. <laughs> he's just so into it. He's like, at the end of this, uh, it's like four cents right now. And he's like, at the end of the year, it's going to be 20 cents. He's like, I guarantee it. <laughs> like, All right. <laughs> I don't know. Is there, was there any any reasoning behind it in terms of you know, the economics behind it? Or just, what he likes? No, like why or he thought twenty cents was the number that it's gonna hit. He watches some guy on Instagram who is like super super knowledgeable crypto guy. I don't know. Uh-oh. And this guy, I don't know. Apparently, is all over this RSV coin. That's kind of the only way you can follow all of those coins well yeah. is by just following all the leaders and all the Instagram and yeah. Twitter accounts and really like checking on it every day and getting a pulse of what happened like that day. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently he like like you like watches very very closely and tells people what he thinks it's, is going to happen a lot of times and recently it was at like 4 4.8 cents and it went down to 3.2 and he said if it gets below 3.5 again, I'm going to throw a lot of money in. And then I guess he's very wealthy dude. He threw like another $500,000 into Jesus. it or something at 3.2. And then now it's back up to 4.1. Huh. That's probably just his money. He's pushing the market. Yeah. But. Yeah, right. By himself. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm right. See? Yeah. It is really interesting to watch. Like I just like, I put an amount of money in that if it goes to zero in six months or now, it's not going to like affect my life in any way. I just thought it would be curious to watch. Yeah, um, it's the right way to do it. And I did like to start. Yeah, mm-hmm. two or three weeks ago, and it's just kind of a fun roller coaster to be a part of. <laughs> the number changes so much, eh? Isn't Man, it crazy? It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. In in twenty four, I put fifteen k in. In yeah. twenty four hours, it was up to nineteen thousand, <laughs> and then like three days there later, was it was dip. down to like yeah. thirteen. Yeah. And then now it's at like 16. So whatever, hang, it's up a little on, bit. But yeah. yeah. It's just, but it's, I don't know. It makes me pay attention. It makes yeah. me want to like read learn, more about learn it. More. Yeah. yeah. That's basically all it needs to be. When I was in university, all that needed to be is like $1,000. And I'm like really tuned yeah. in because I mean, a thousand bucks, if it goes oh, yeah. 10X, like, whoa, Ooh. that's quite the university paycheck. Right? Totally. Yeah. And especially in those side coins that would go. 10x in a day and then pop right back down the next day (laughs) do you do you uh like watch it closely enough to like day trade to get out at a certain number only bitcoin yeah i started i tried to go into the altcoins again and i just was just overwhelmed with all the like noise and I, i try to trade stocks and stuff too and i was like you know i'd rather absorb the noise of the stock market and do my trading there and just like I kind of understand Bitcoin's trend and the stock market is now starting to be tailed into Bitcoin's doing Mm -hmm. and what I see on the business news is keeping me informed in Bitcoin as well so um, yeah it's mainly just just Bitcoin. Now, I started dabbling in Ethereum again because I think Ethereum will have a rally not based on any real reason other than the fact that it hasn't yet and last time bitcoin went on a big run ethereum caught up shortly after so but the last one was very different the last run was very about ethereum and ethereum isn't really an investment grade asset the same as bitcoin is can you explain ethereum because i don't understand what it is yeah does it have a finite amount 
No. No. That's one of the biggest um, differences. It's not meant to be a store of value the same way Bitcoin was. It's more as a network um, that it needs to have a, a value of some kind in order to transfer tokens and uh, create all these other coins. But it's more of a, um, what's a good way to put it? It's kind of like, it's kind of like Shopify almost where, mm. you know, Ethereum is Shopify and all these other people can build their businesses using Shopify. Okay. And the more people that create these coins on Ethereum, the more, you know, transactions are going through. So there's more demand for the, the underlying coin. Mm. Um so same way with Shopify, you know, the more businesses that come on, the more that they will earn. So it's kind of like an ecosystem they're building. And they're not the only one. There's um, EOS and mm-hmm. there's, I mean, there's any um, network coin. Um, I don't know if that's the right term necessarily for it, but any coin that has this network effect to it is not necessarily made to be a um, investment. It's more... Uh, it just there needs to be value in order for the miners to mine it mm. and in order for people to transact in order to create value on top of it. Um, but it won't, shouldn't appreciate the same way other than speculation. Do all these coins need miners? <laughs> all of them, no. A lot of them, yes. Huh. If you're creating a new coin, why don't you just make it available? What is the negative of that? What do you mean, make it available? Like, why does it have to be mined? Why does there need to be this secret password to find it? Um, if you if you didn't have a network of miners, then you could put together enough computation power so that you would, if you have more than 50% of the power, so let's just say you create your own coin, it's just the two of you mm-hmm. and you, know, you got your two computers, but I got three computers that are way more powerful and than you guys, I could take over some of your network by becoming a miner and then corrupting the mining network that you guys are trying to get transactions through. <laughs> so by having a distributed network of people that all don't know each other and all just adding power, it makes it very difficult to take over 50% of that um, network. The number 50% isn't a perfect number, but um, it's called a 51% attack when um, someone takes over your... It happened to Ethereum Classic. Someone, they can basically be a predator. They can, they can be a predator towards your business by directing all of their comp- computational power to mine your coin with the purpose of disrupting it. So I don't necessarily know how they have the ability to manipulate it, but they do have the ability to manipulate it if they have over 50% of the network. Huh. Yeah, so if they, okay, so if they have over 50% of the network, then they can make network changes because they kind of control how updates and things would be created. Is that... Um, it's, it's similar to a, a DDoS attack in, on your website. If you send like a whole ton of people to a website and you crash the website, that's like similar to a 50, 51% attack on a coin. Is that a concern for people investing in coins? Yeah. Um, The price of Ethereum Classic took a fairly big dive after that. And a lot of people's trust in the coin will start to degrade once it happens. Ethereum Classic, I think, is a really good network and like will exist. But because of that one event, I think it will not hold up the same way that it has in Hmm. the last runs. 
Is that a common thing? Um, well, I guess I don't hear about it too often because it, it's a lot easier to happen on things you probably would never hear about. Sure. So I don't necessarily know how common it is. Um, but I hear about one every couple times a year. Hmm. Carl? <laughs> yeah. How, why don't you think Ethereum is going to be a value long term? Do you think some other technology is going to pop up and do what it does better? I mean, there already kind of is some. Is that the biggest worry with it for like long term kind of investing? For Ethereum, well, I wouldn't even think like you probably shouldn't think of Ethereum as an investment the same way. The only reason I'm in it temporarily is because it's kind of a gamble and based <laughs> based on what happened in the past, but I don't really know. There's no real solid investment thesis behind it. Gotcha. Um, there are other networks that mm. maybe they have faster transaction speeds and that could be different, that could be better, but it it really depends what you are trying to use it for. Like some networks will have, will be better for some purposes, like say gaming, Yeah. you know, you might have a network built a lot better for gaming than if you just want to do payments, you know, you might have right. a very different, more simple mm. thing that just has simple language around payments. So each one has their use case and, mm. you know, you can have Shopify and then you can have WordPress and you yeah. can have all these other, you know, different right. companies and you have everyone who have websites on them, but it's all the network effects that mm. between them that'll really um, drive the value. Well, <laughs> 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 I feel like I was able to have a slightly more intellectual conversation this time than last time. <laughs> well, a few more times and I think we'll, we'll be there, Denny. Yeah. <laughs> it is really fun to like start watching it though now. And it's only been a few weeks for me or a month maybe, I don't know. But I feel like I'll be more and more involved as time goes on. All right, here's my question. How many times did you hit refresh today on your Bitcoin price? <laughs> Uh, Carl asked me that I honestly look at it maybe twice a day. Okay. Okay. That, that, that's probably a good The first amount. few days, sure. I maybe looked at it 12 or, or more. I don't know. <laughs> but no, a few times a day, maybe. 2017 for me versus now is completely different. So back then I would check all the time. You're always just attached to your phone. But then having lived through that, I don't really care right now. I'm yeah. holding on long term. Yeah. My mindset is that way for like holding on long-term, but yeah. when the markets are open for stock markets, for sure. I'm checking it all the time because there's a bit of a lag between some of the stocks and sometimes the stocks go way further than the coin. Mm. So I'm trying to really zone in on the arbitrage on some of these ones. And then there's new new funds popping up yeah. left, right, and oh crazy to left, right, and center, and they don't have a premium on them yet or yeah. they have too high of a premium. So everyone's new to the market and it's funny watching all of the real, the real, the stock market investors um, not know what they're doing either because they're yeah. putting valuations on companies that all they do is mine Bitcoin yeah. and they shouldn't go up 10x. Like they should be just be earning a little bit more. They shouldn't be earning enough to 10x the company over you know a month. Yeah. So, yeah, companies like um, Hive, <laughs> that's an interesting one. They've gone from fifty cents to like three dollars and. They don't really hold too many of the coins, so it shouldn't have done that big of a gain. But last time that crypto took off, Hive took off. So people are just going into all the 2017, 2018 names. <laughs> They're coming back. Yeah. I might, so I might save some of my money, Denny. <laughs> I'm more just like, 
I'm more look at like I have no interest in selling it for a long time. I'm more just look at it because if it goes down significantly, I want to put more money in. Yeah. So that's why I like I'll check it a couple times a day, but like it's not affecting my life if it goes down. You know, so you're looking forty at the bucks an hour. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're trying to get into it more. Yeah. yeah. What I tell people that are nervous about it is like, put a payment plan. Like every paycheck, put in a hundred bucks. Yeah. yeah. Do that for a while <laughs> and see how it goes. Don't think about it mm-hmm. because everyone freaks out about, oh, it just went up way too high or, oh, it just dropped. It's now a guitar. I don't know. It's dropping too fast now. And I just have to hear that. I just go, dude, just create a payment plan. <laughs> just if you want in, just start getting in. I hope the way to put it in gets a little bit easier. Like it, it, it was a fairly slow process. Yeah. In Canada, the fastest way now is shake pay. That's, That's what I your, use. Yeah. But, but if you're above 10,000, then yeah, it'll be a lot slower. It, um, there's money laundering. I think the steps. very first time was a challenge because like the bank needs to okay it. So I had to like call yeah. RBC yeah. and say, hey, this e transfer didn't go through. Can you put it through? And they're like, oh, yeah, it's to shake pay. Is that okay? I'm like, yes. <laughs> wow. And then they say, okay. So that took like a day to put any money in originally. But then the second time I put money in, um, it was probably like 45 minutes. Like so it's you, not quick. It's not like you can just be watching and be like, oh, sweet, it's down to three cents. Like, bye. No, no. Yeah. You have to, I guess you just have to have money sitting in ShakePay. Yeah. Wh- Maybe. How long does it take you to put money into your TFSA and get it into a stock? Because usually there's a three-day holding period. Sure. Or get it out of a TFSA is like three days. Yeah. yeah. Or out of an RSP is like five business days. Yeah. So you compare three days to, like, ShakePay is still a business. Yeah. That, I think that's pretty good if they that's, got it yeah. to you in a few but hours. You can't keep money on ShakePay and just go back and forth, and it's like instant pretty much. It's pretty quick. Yeah. So you bought all your money or all your Bitcoin? Back and forth still is not quick, though. So that's the it's problem. Not? In the way that, like, a couple of my friends have told me to do it, you can correct me. If, but because Binance is American funds, you can't put Canadian funds into it. So you need to put money into ShakePay, buy Bitcoin, yeah, and then transfer, transfer the Bitcoin. Bitcoin over, then buy whatever other yeah. coin you want to buy. Yeah. Yeah. That's the OG way to do it. Binance never used to even take US dollars. It used to be only cryptocurrencies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I used to buy the Quadriga and just get it off right away. But Quadriga was like number one for so long. Well, but, I wouldn't yeah. even say it was number one. It was just the only one. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. <laughs> what do you use? Well, the one, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about that other one? Well, no one's used it yet. Nope. So I don't know. Nope. I just used the one. <laughs> Another one's gone. Yeah, CoinSquare is the uh, the replacement one. That's a little little safer. Most likely, they're going to try to go public, which would be um, a lot safer. And that's Canadian, CoinSquare. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah What's Joe Rogan's one that he talks about all the time? I have no idea. Uh, Joe Rogan probably maybe Coinbase. Coinbase is going Co- public. It's, in the like US. The it's an one. app. That now you can trade Bitcoin on it. Oh, it's for the cash app or some yeah. shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's Mogo. You can do it. You can do it on Wellsimple. You can do it on... You can do it on Wellsimple? Yeah. Just Bitcoin? Yep. Yeah. Bitcoin and Ethereum, I believe. What's the process like getting into one of those systems? Wellsimple? Wellsimple is super easy. It's like, why is it only Bitcoin, though? Why can't you trade other coins? I don't want to deal with it. Oh. Maybe the... It's not more, worth it. Yeah. Yeah, more paperwork, more legalities behind it, more... I don't know, 
rules they have to follow yeah. because if they're yeah. ca- categorized differently, they got to follow more things. Same as ShakePay. Like ShakePay is only Ethereum and Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. There's probably just not is enough it? market for anything yeah. else. I, I've actually, I haven't used it yet. I just know it's what people have had the best experience with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just those two right now. All right. Well, we can get out of here. I anyway, <laughs> go, gotta go meet your friend. That's fun, man. Thank you. Yeah, it was uh, nice to get out. <laughs> I feel like you're the most knowledgeable man I've ever met in terms of crypto. <laughs> Some of my friends are like really far down the rabbit holes. Mike Chung is like very, mm-hmm. very, very into it. And then Thierman kind of has picked his brain a bunch. I feel like anyone who's into like investing our age always mm-hmm. looks at, you know, Bitcoin mm-hmm. in the back of their mind. Like it's always involved somehow. It's it's, it's kind of the, the Hail Mary for... For young people to like <laughs> to get into real estate or whatever they're like eyeing up that they can't afford because yeah. the world's against young people at the moment. There's the economic world. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's Bitcoin. Yeah. It's like, well, well, maybe, you know, if it goes to X amount, mm-hmm. you know, I'll I'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> and all their stimulus checks are going in there and Yeah, I I, I think that'll help. <laughs> Everyone gets free money and just puts it into Bitcoin right away. I, I can see it. I think a lot of people are doing that. It's just not Bitcoin, but like stocks and everything. That's why yeah. everything's so over leveraged right now. Like, look what's going on with Tesla and stuff, right? Oh, hype. God, Tesla. Tesla, <laughs> people on BNN are always comparing like Bitcoin and Tesla, and it drives me what? nuts because they go, look at this crazy speculative thing over here called Tesla. We can't wrap our heads around that thing. Then there's this Bitcoin thing. It's like, no, these are, that's a, that's a car company with a way too high valuation. <laughs> and this is a replacement for money. Like, completely what, different. What, what are you doing? But it's because they just see it as a speculative play. They see it as things only traders are interested in. They see it as something that spikes so yeah. aggressively high that, you know, it's not a real investment for that reason. Mm. You're just in and out, right? Trying to make your buck. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Tesla's the, got the market cap valuation of like what the other like four major car companies combined. Yeah, really? And, Holy yeah. Shit. Like if you want to short Tesla, you don't even have to do that. You can just buy like Ford. <laughs> 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 it just trades at such a low multiple compared to Tesla and they're going heavy into electric vehicles. So right. if they get one-tenth the multiple Elon gets, then that Ford's taken off big time. <laughs> oh, man. One of our fr- one of the guys who's been on the podcast is a big, big Tesla guy, mm. uh, Angelo. Yeah. And every time I talk to him, I talk to him like maybe once or twice a month. And then every time I talk to him, he's just telling me like Tesla updates. And he's yeah. like, I just threw more money in. And like, of course. But he's been invested for a long time, yeah. so I'm sure he's made it. So he's shit got, ton of probably money had a great it. year. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> it's up like four or five hundred percent this year, isn't it? Eight hundred. Yeah. Eight. Stupid. Holy Just shit. stupid. <laughs> it's it's gonna collapse and it's mm-hmm. gonna bring the S and P down with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of people are gonna be sad. A lot of people. I'm looking forward to it collapsing because then I can buy it. Yeah. I've heard the fund managers talk about it for so long now. Just as like, you know, we don't really get it, but you got to have it. You know, it's like that That and Amazon, sometimes Google, they also yeah, kind of yeah. say that as, as well too. It's like, you know, it's at this crazy multiple, but you got to have the growth, you know? <laughs> and they're kind of right because they need that in the portfolio yeah. in order to 
keep it growing. Yeah. Um, but the day that that train ends, the gravy train's gonna stop eventually. It can't, it can't keep going. No, it, it can't. No. <laughs> There's only so many cars you can make. <laughs> it's ridiculous how common they are now, though. Well, we're in Vancouver, so yeah, it's like every fourth car now. <laughs> There's so many. I got one. <laughs> <laughs> Part of the problem. It is unbelievable. Have you driven one? I, no, I haven't driven one yet. It is a completely different driving experience. It is a phenomenal car. It's by far the best car I've had. No comparison, eh? No, not even close. Crazy. Yeah. I've been in an electric go-kart before, and those are <laughs> a little more fast off the off the start. I can imagine what a what the car version would be like. <laughs> Dude, you have like tears in your eyes. Like you feel the forces, man. It's insane. <laughs> Ludicrous mode? You got that? No. Just <laughs> that would be too much. Uh what's his name has it though? Angelo. Yeah. You've- he almost killed me on low heat here. Oh my god! Did you actually see him? Well, he took me for the drive. Oh yeah, yeah. And it got he got pretty fast. Like no no vehicle compares to like what I've been in. That nothing compares to it. It's insane. So wait, is ludicrous mode? You have to pay more for the so. software upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. How much? How much is it? Like is it like a well, couple grand? Okay, so I got the I got the middle model three. So I think. My zero to 100K number is like four seconds or something, 4.4 seconds. Slow. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> the new one's like 2.3 or something dumb. The new, um, the Roadster. Is the Roadster out yet? I don't think so. The new Roadster, no. But I think the Roadster's advertised as 1.9. <laughs> Dude, even the Model S is 2.4. Is it really? Yeah. So Holy it's, it's $20,000 for ludicrous mode. <clears throat> what? Yeah. That's just software. <laughs> it's yeah. All right, maybe your buddy has a point. <laughs> so, on here, on the app, I can upgrade my. Um, so it's called Acceleration Boost. It's twenty seven hundred dollars. Oh my god! And it improves the zero to hundred time from four point four to three point nine. Oh my god! But if your car could do that the whole time, are you just kind of getting ripped off? Literally, you're just pressing right. a button. Okay, now your car is faster. But it's like gas cars limiting horsepower somehow, right? Unless yeah. you pay them to unlock it. Would you like to remove part of your governor? Yeah. Yeah. That'll be four grand. <laughs> Some, someone shows up and just takes the yeah, governor right? off. Yeah. And- Have you thought about buying it? <laughs> no. I like. When am I ever going to use it? I don't know. It sounds fun. Uh, yeah. It's already fun. It's already fun. I'm just going to wait, and in five years from now, I'll get the new one that right. automatically goes one point, yeah. like zero to 100 1.9. Everything gets passed down. Yep. <laughs> Can you uh, like get a hack version of it? <laughs> An unlocked car. We get car. someone who works at Tesla down here, Carl, on the podcast. Maybe they could help us out. Find some 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 black market Tesla upgrades. <laughs> <laughs> it's got The ludicrous ludicrous mode. It's got to exist. Fifty percent of the time, it burns your battery. <laughs> but the other fifty percent, ooh. ooh. <laughs> All right, shall we? One so, more thing, yeah. Chase. If you come back in a year, what's Bitcoin going to be at? A year from today. A year from today. Let's say January twenty twenty one. Who's right the first? Twenty twenty two. That's why you're asking. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking hard. I'm going through the chart in my head right now. I think we would see a pretty fat correction. I think the next six months are going to be like big bull territory, and then we'll see a fat correction sometime after that. 
And I don't really know what, what happens after that correction. Like, so right. the last I correction think it'll took recover like back years. to like 40. It'll probably be around where we are at now a year okay. from today. But like I said, I think we'll see 20 and 100 grand okay. before we come back a year from today at back to, I don't know, 40 to 60. Because in 2017, it took around three years to come back from the, the 21,000. Do you think it's going to be quicker this time just because more people know about it and more people are involved? Um, well, so far, it's following the same pattern. Like, you get a, a couple tea. dips, yeah. And we're about to go through like super hyperbolic stage. And if that continues and if that happens, we'll see it go to that you know, $100,000 number. Um, and it won't last very long. No. <laughs> it'll touch it we'll and see. it'll drop down to 80 for a little bit, drop down to like 70 and then slowly bleed out until it's back down to what people think is reasonable, which is probably close to where we're at now. But I, I can't say for certain because everything's changing now with institution money and the tune has changed completely. So I don't hear them coming on and saying that they sh people shouldn't look at it all together and it's a scam anymore. Yes. That is completely gone. <laughs> and now it's like, maybe it's overvalued. We don't really know, but maybe it's the future. So I, I, don't, don't put too much in. <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy. Buy the dip. <clears throat> buy the dip. Hodl. Don't buy now. Don't. I'd wait. I'd wait. Well, if it's going to go up to 100K... Well, then you can laugh in my face when that happens. <laughs> Gotta have balls of steel as it hits that 20, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, or you just throw more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it's a long-term thing for you, then yeah. You it doesn't really seem lose. like it's going away. No. Right? No. I think it's just going to become more and more for the average person to use and trade, and I think that's just going to help it. Yeah, I especially think. if like we start seeing banks use it and pensions like, oh, we're going to hold this for 10 years. Well, once we get that vote of approval from companies yeah. that are good at managing money, or at least should be good at managing yeah. money. We'll probably see banks with wallets, right? Linked to your bank account. Yeah, absolutely. And we already have digital IDs and everything yeah. here in BC. So it's just the next step. Yeah. Cool. All right. Cool beans. Great to see you. Thanks for coming back. Thanks, Danny. Thanks, Carl. Yeah.